Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chaus. Welcoming you back to another episode. This is part two of Free Agent Frenzy. As we said on the last episode, we could not fit in all the moves that had transpired so far. And we'll jump into them on this show, making this part two a conclusion of what's going on up to date Uh, so far in the NFL when it comes to free agents signing on with other clubs or re-signing with their current team. So on the previous episode, we did highlight all the offensive players who were uh, locked up with new teams. We'll focus this episode on the defensive side of the ball where there was a fury of money being thrown around to these free agents that were open. Um, but first of all, we'll start off with the with noting all the free agents that were signed from last episode uh, to today. So we'll kick it off with Andreas Pete. He is re-signing with the New Orleans Saints on a massive five-year, $57.5 million contract. I mentioned it last show. He was still sitting on the board um, unsigned, and I couldn't understand why no team was really willing to offer him a contract. It was very peculiar to me because Pete is a very good guard in the NFL. A lot of people want to say he isn't. Um, I don't buy it. I think his skill set is still very much in the elite and uprising category for interior offensive linemen. The Saints offensive line, if you watch their games, you know how well they play. Drew Brees barely touches the turf. I mean, they're, they're a very sound group, and locking up Pete to that monster deal is a huge Huge signing for this offensive line, Andrew Brees, and potentially Alvin Kamara if he can get back on track. So I really like that sign. I was really shocked that I didn't see any other team step up to the plate. Perhaps Pete really just did want to stay with the Saints, and and he wasn't fielding many other offers, uh, believing that uh, he would re-sign with the club that drafted him. So a good re-sign for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Joe Flacco, he was released by the Denver Broncos. I mean, could we see anything else happen with Joe Flacco in Denver? I think his time was up. I mean, the path forward when John Elway did make that trade with the Baltimore Ravens to bring Flacco on board, it, it was clear it was going to be a short-lived uh, tenure in, in, in the mile high. Uh, Joe, he, Joe Flacco, he's on the, the edge uh, of falling off the cliff. I mean, his career is basically done. I'd be really shocked to see if any team uh, really brings him back, even to be someone's backup. And I don't think uh, Flacco wants to go down that path anyway. So, I mean, I think this is it for him. Uh, the Denver Broncos will obviously be moving forward with their youngster, Drew Locke, and I really like that option anyway. Uh, I I believe that if, if Drew Locke was healthy last offseason going into training camp, I believe he would have beat out Flacco for the starting role. Um, but, but uh, you know, John Elway, he's trying the Band-Aid approach more than once. Um, credit him for trying to keep the ship afloat with a with a veteran like Flacco. But I mean, everything is 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 on the books right now. Flacco is looking like he should enter retirement uh, with with other quarterbacks still on the board. So uh, on the free agent board. So Joe Flacco released from the Denver Broncos. Not a huge surprise in our eyes. Next one we saw that had uh, a very interesting possibilities was Eric Ebron signing a two-year $12 million contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really like this contract. I mentioned on the last show that uh, seeing Eric Ebron uh, still grace the open market um, it, it was a little shocking to me. I mean, it was it was obviously dependent on what kind of money he was he was angling for, and I mean, a two-year $12 million contract is not big dollars. Um, going to a place like Pittsburgh, it's a good fit for me uh, to see uh, simply because they need weapons. I mean, when Antonio Brown left, we saw Juju uh, struggle to be the number one guy. Uh, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger's injury added everything to the mix. I think I think Juju would have had a much better season had had Roethlisberger played the, the whole year. Um, but with up-and-coming youngsters like Deontay Johnson um, and, and such, I mean, 
adding Eric Ebron to this offense just just adds another playmaker to pull coverage from uh, Smith Schuster's side, and I and I really like the signing. A lot of people don't like it when you see more talent added to a club, uh, fantasy football wise. Um, I've heard a lot of chatter on Twitter where, where individuals are saying, you know, this this downgrades Juju's target share and, and whatnot, maybe in the red zone even, uh, as we saw with Ebron in Indianapolis where he did have a, a multitude of touchdowns uh, just two years ago. I see it the absolute opposite way. I mean, especially with a quarterback like Roethlisberger who is known to spread the ball around to his receiving core. I mean, Eric Ebron is just uh, icing on the cake. Uh, you're going to have him able to uh, have the ability to expose defenses while making safeties aware of him on the field. This will essentially open up Juju that much more. So I'll never buy the argument on a high-octane, potential high-octane offense that uh, bringing in more talent is going to sacrifice the top player on the offense for fantasy football. I, I really don't buy it whatsoever. But for uh, fa- football purposes, I mean, I think this is a good move. Uh, Ebron is obviously not a great blocker. He's not a sound blocker on the line. But he's going to be there to provide offensive punch and red zone capability. So um, I like the deal. The money is very good for me in my eyes. And, and I think, you know, we could see uh, something of a resurgence for Ebron. Obviously, his his hands are the key. Um, we've seen him revert back last season to injuries and drop passes. So hopefully, you know, he can iron that out in Pittsburgh. And 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 Roethlisberger is uh, looking like he's going to return for the season. He didn't want to end his career on that injury. So I like the deal. Two years, $12 million for Ebron. I think it's a very sound deal. Next one we saw was Kevin Johnson, former Buffalo Bill, Houston Texans signing with the Cleveland Browns on a one-year 3.5 deal. This was a this was a depth signing. I mean, Johnson was, was fairly good in Buffalo. He had ups and downs in uh, Houston with the Texans. He's a, he's a decent corner. I I, I don't dislike his game. Um, he he's one of these guys that he's going to be a very sound depth player, but he's not going to wow you with his ability. Uh, for the money, I mean three and a half million on a defense who has players like uh, Denzel Ward and uh, Greedy Williams. I, 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 I like it. I really do. I mean, this just adds more ability on this defensive secondary to make plays and and not miss a beat. If he slots in at that nickel back, I, I like it a lot. I think he's got lots of talent and he should be able to provide, especially on that contract. So the big news for running backs, we haven't seen running backs off the board uh, just yet. It's been very quiet in free agency and 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 rightfully so. I mean, a lot of the NFL teams are not willing to to pay top dollar anymore to running backs, um, especially that have injury history. So Melvin Gordon, he was rumored to be discussing contract uh, deals with the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and then the Denver Broncos came in uh, late into the scenario of, of, of discussions and negotiations with these teams. And all in all, he did sign. He chose to sign with the Denver Broncos, which I found to be extremely peculiar. I really don't understand what John Elway sees in forming a tandem or a trio uh, with Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, and now Melvin Gordon added to the mix. Um, it's, it's a very difficult case for me to say I can approve or endorse this for fantasy football uh, when it comes to regular just watching the games. I mean, uh, sure. I mean, you're going to have your running backs rested, um, fresher legs. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take that argument all day long. Um, but even the contract, the details was two years, 16 million. They didn't break the bank. I mean, you're talking 8 million per season, still uh, 2 million less per year than the, the chargers offered him. And, and clearly around five less than what Gordon believed his, his stock was worth. But again, when it comes down to why would Elway do this, you still don't have an offensive line. And I, I had to really think about what the, the, the motivating factor was for Elway to do this contract, this deal with Melvin Gordon. And it was clear to me that you're trying to provide support for Drew Locke, for the young uh, quarterback, second-year man going into the next year. And and from that perspective, I started to, to kind of not dislike the deal as much. I still don't, don't really like it. 
Um, but when you're looking at it, they may go toward being more of a run-heavy team. Um, and I don't blame them. I mean, you're trying to protect the youngster at quarterback. You're trying to give him weapons. Um, so, I mean, the next thing I would like to see is obviously building a uh, building the receiving core, adding another weapon, and then obviously building out that offensive line because it's just horrific. Um, but if you can cover up the inadequacy on that offensive line by having a higher commitment to the run game, maybe it'll work. I mean, I mean, could you do dual back set and then have have Royce in there as well? I mean, feeding three running backs that are capable of of carrying the rock. I mean, it, it is possible with all three of them. So. I still am a little bit iffy. I want to see how this is going to play out on the field. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen Gordon go to a team where he would be the, the number one lead back. Uh, does he overtake Philip Lindsay? It's possible. Uh, uh, does Philip Lindsay take a, a, a back seat to Gordon and take a lesser role, perhaps third downs and, and in the pass game? We could see it. I mean, uh, anything's possible at this point. Do they do a clear rotation tandem, uh, 10 carries, 12 carries each a game? Uh, I think that's a detriment to any running back, especially one that's uh, got the hot hand. And then do they even play the hot hand? If Gordon gets on fire, do they keep rolling with him? I mean, I could see it. Um, it's it's very frustrating for fantasy owners. I can see this. Uh, that has been dictated in a lot of discussions uh, when the signing had uh, had gone through. Um, uh, what I'm st- at this point, I mean, it's really early. We haven't even hit the NFL draft, but at this point, I'm I'm definitely going to be recommending staying away from this uh, uh, backfield unless you get the Gordon or Lindsay a lot lower than what they're going to be projected in the in the fantasy drafts. But from from the overall perspective, I, I I'm a little bit shocked to have seen this uh, this move. I, I think Gordon chased the money personally. I think 16 million was the top dollar that he got on the open market and he he took it so moving to the next running back that was the shocker Todd Gurley Uh, was it the shock I mean we we predicted this in in the uh, Rams offseason workbook on on the website we wrote the entire uh, piece uh, and we did have um, uh, Todd Gurley's potential release on that on that article um, only because the money was very large and when it came down to his release day, I can't remember what day it was. Uh, was it Friday, I believe? Uh, it, was, it was the Rams had the choice of, of keeping Gurley on the books and having to pay his $10.5 million roster bonus. And, and they clearly didn't want to do that. Um, so they pulled the plug. They looked for a trade partner before that 2 p.m. Uh, bonus would have been uh, uh, instated uh, on his contract terms. And and they cut him. They let him loose. And and I mean, it, it bodes a lot of questions about what is left with Todd Gurley. He has those knee concerns. It was it was seen on the field last season. I mean, he started to roll a little bit more as the year prolonged. Um, but snap management was obviously uh, on Sean McVay's radar. I mean, Gurley wasn't carrying the ball near as much as he did the year before. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, Gurley, he was cut, so it's an end of an era for Todd Gurley with the L.A. Rams. He didn't last very long on the open market because the following day he latched on with the Atlanta Falcons, going back to Georgia where he played his college ball. He signs a one-year $5 million deal, and, and look at that. I mean, if you're looking at Melvin Gordon money, you're looking at all the other running backs that will potentially sign later on. The deals on the open market are not vast at all. And a player of Todd Gurley's uh, skill set, I mean, we discussed it on the previous show that do we believe he can still move east-west the way he used to? I At this point, I have to say no. Um, he did have contests last year where he did prove that he could still move east-west. But I think his game now has to be translated back to uh, going north-south. I think this will this will be a benefit in the, in the Atlanta Falcons scheme. Um, you have Julio Jones, obviously. You have Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley. They traded for Hayden Hurst. The offensive line is questionable at times. Um, I've 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 mentioned my displeasure for that offensive line a numerous amount of times last season, but I don't hate this deal. I'm not over the moon. 
I don't think Todd Gurley is just going to all of a sudden resurrect and come back to what he was when he was scoring touchdowns at will. Uh, I think he could be very productive in Atlanta. I think um, they needed somebody else. I mean, Freeman was obviously not the guy anymore. His body is completely broken down. Uh, you have other running backs in the room that can spell Gurley. Maybe the situation with the fact that Atlanta is very sound at passing. Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Is he better than Jared Goff? I mean, we could make the argument. Um, in an offensive system now uh, where Matt Ryan will be more comfortable uh, in the second year of the Dirt Cutter installation, um, I, I don't hate this deal whatsoever. I think Todd Gurley hit a home run going back to Georgia. I think uh, Atlanta is a good team. This is uh, obviously a prove-it deal. If he goes back over, uh, let's just say, the 1150 to 1200 yards and finds the end zone 13 times, I mean, he's going to get paid. I mean, if he can prove that his knees are, are, are healthy enough to sustain a 16-game season, um, I don't hate it. I, I really don't hate this move whatsoever. I mean, there's a lot of risk involved, uh, but I really don't hate it whatsoever. So next one we saw, we discussed one of the wide receivers, Farrell Cooper. He is an underdog, underachieved, uh, underappreciated, I should say, player. He is a, um, specifically a kick return specialist, but I do like he, what he could bring to an offense. Farrell Cooper signs, uh, I believe it was a one-year deal with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, this is depth wide receiver room stuff, but Farrell Cooper to me is a very talented player that is underutilized in this league, and he is still very young. He's learned the game. Uh, he is definitely one to watch out for in Carolina. I, I like that deal a lot. So keeping with the Rams, we had Clay Matthew. He was cut and released by the L.A. Rams as well. The same time they did the Todd Gurley move, they did the Clay Matthews move. They saved $3.75 million on the cap. I mean, this was inevitable. The Rams have cap troubles all littered all over their, their, their books, and, and they needed to, to release some, uh, some cap that, uh, that they could definitely uh, replace. Um, Clay Matthews, he did perform admirably he he almost reached the 10 sack plateau with the rams with that help of that uh, stout defensive line um he shouldn't be out of work for very long i mean he he still has something left in the tank but he's definitely gonna have to take less money uh no matter where he latches on another player we saw that we really loved the contract was haha clinton Dix. he signs on with the dallas cowboys at a beautiful one-year four million dollar contract this is a steal in my eyes i mean okay i had conversations with some of my colleagues on this deal and on what clinton Dix really is um it, it was it was argued you know has he been a pro bowl or has he been an all pro and he has only had one pro bowl and one second team all pro so he's not an elite talent but i think what he brings to a defense is that hard nose run stuffing d um, he gives that support in the run game. He can still make the coverages in that zone. I just like his game, period. I've always been a fan of Clinton Dix uh, and what he brings to the table. Is he an elite safety in the league? I mean, you could make the arguments that he's not, um, and that's fine. I, I won't necessarily argue it, but collectively what he brings to a defense I think will absolutely improve uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, especially with losing uh, some of the talent they lost with Heath and, and Jones uh, moving on. But I, I like the move. The dollars obviously make extreme sense to the Dallas Cowboys, and, and this could be a very underappreciated, uh, underrated signing uh, as we look at it today when it comes to the end of the season. Moving along, we got Emmanuel Sanders. This one was very interesting because we heard the Eagles were on his radar. We had a couple other teams that he was looking towards, and he and the Dallas Cowboys were even interested in Emmanuel Sanders, and he latches on with the New Orleans Saints on a two-year, $16 million contract. This one, to me, is gorgeous. I love this from every aspect. I'm not even a Saints fan. I'm in a Saints appreciator. I get what they do. I like how the Saints play football, offensively, especially with Drew Brees. I love this deal more than you know. Uh, when it comes to fantasy football, I am smiling ear to ear. I think... This is the exact player you needed to bring to assist Michael Thomas. Um, someone who can carry the slot without question. Sanders is that guy. Sanders can still even burn you deep on the out and, 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 
maybe not burn, maybe that's the wrong word. Uh, he still can get open. I mean, he's he's still a great route runner. Yes, age is creeping up. Could injuries again come up to play? Sure. But I don't hate this deal whatsoever. A two-year, $16 million contract is is nothing uh, in terms of what he's going to bring to this offense. Now Michael Thomas, who just set the record for most receptions in a season, uh, will he lose targets? Sure. But, I mean, he's going to not see double teams majority of the game anymore. Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook now will be able to uh, open up the room even more for him to get open, and, and this offense should be absolutely dynamic, uh, even more with Emmanuel Sanders. I love this contract. I'm going to be uh, doing a little bit more research before I can uh, say where I want to pick him in fantasy football, but he definitely is going to be a higher on my list um, than a lot of others. I know that simply because of his age. Uh, moving to the next one, we saw Nelson Aguilar. He signs with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, again, so here's the thing. We were seeing so much chatter and hate for this signing, believing that Nelson Aguilar's presence takes Hunter Renfro out of the conversation of producing talent and Darren Waller out of the conversation. I don't understand that whatsoever. Adding weapons to your team is a positive thing. Okay, target share, fine. I understand it. You're going to see limited targets, but hear my rationale. Okay, even with limited targets, but you're seeing single coverage, there is the possibility for greater play achievement, more yardage, more touchdowns. This is always the case. Um, week to week consistency, sure, I can see that part of the argument when it comes to consistency and target share. Fine, I get it. But when you add a player like Nelson Aguilar, he again has struggles with the drops, he needs to correct that. Without question, otherwise uh, John Gruden will definitely keep him on the bench. Um, but I don't, I don't dislike this deal whatsoever. They needed wide receiver help, uh, absolutely. And I mean, uh, Tyrell Williams will still be your deep threat at this point until they, unless they add uh, someone else to the mix um, in the draft or, or the remaining free agents. Um, but this is a low-key sign. I, I like this deal a lot. I mean, he's not going to overly flash you, but when his hands were working, uh, he was a beast. I mean, we saw him catch 10, 8, you know, 12 balls in, in, a, in a contest. I think he's a he can be a very productive player for you, especially in fantasy football for PPR. I mean, he could be a baller in this offense. So I like the sign. I like it a lot. I think it's a good deal. Next one we saw was Brian Hoyer. He latches back on with the New England Patriots on a one-year, $2 million contract. I mean, this is uh, the direction that the Patriots are headed. They have obvious open competition for the quarterback position. The way that they're handling it right now, I'm very surprised. Um, uh, It's looking like Bill Belichick has no interest in Jameis Winston. Uh, At this point, he has no interest in Cam Newton. Um, Andy Dalton was thrown in the mix as, as somebody who could be in the in the plans, and then we see it refuted in the news saying that New England has no interest in Andy Dalton. So where do they go? I mean, uh, Brian Hoyer being the week one starter, I just don't see it. Uh, Statham, I believe, is their other quarterback. I really question if he will be on uh, uh, as the starter come week one. Um, so do we look to the NFL draft for what the New England Patriots plan to do? Are they planning to move up in this draft and take a quarterback? Um, is it Herbert? Is it Love? Uh, do they wait even more? Uh, we'll see. I mean, this is an interesting situation the Patriots haven't been in in 20 years. And, and to see them and how they choose to move forward at the quarterback position, I really don't believe it's going to be Brian Hoyer. Uh, I think this is a camp body, camp arm. Uh, he has familiarity with uh, the Josh McDaniels uh, playbook. So, I mean, that's that's a clear indication to help maybe the youngster uh, come around on the playbook. I could see that him being more of a teacher. Um, but this, this sign is more wait and see. Wait and see what happens. Uh, DJ Swearinger, he takes a one-year contract for uh, for $1.1 million as he latches on with the New Orleans Saints as well. This this deal came, uh, I believe, on Sunday. 
again, this is depth signing. This is good stuff. I mean, you got Malcolm Jenkins. He goes back to New Orleans on that deal after being released from the uh, the Eagles, excuse me. And and you bring a guy like Swearinger. I mean, he's he's loaded with talent. I mean, he can he can hit. He can run block. I don't understand why so many people I gave up on him. I mean, he was playing with the Redskins. I, I know he had locker room concerns. He had character issues, so perhaps that was the issue. But he has talent, and he will be a special teamer even. I mean, you put him on special teams and then have the ability to rotate him uh, to spell out some uh, some rest for the other safeties. I like the deal a lot. Uh, for $1.1 million, I mean, what can you say? It's a good deal. Next one we saw was La- Laquan Treadwell. He signs on with the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of people were clowning this uh, sign on Twitter. I saw everyone laughing, saying he's he's a bust. And, I mean, I can't uh, disagree. Treadwell has done nothing in the league since uh, being drafted in the first round. But something about Treadwell I could never let go of Um his his ability is still there. I think it had everything to do with confidence uh, with Treadwell. The minute he dropped passes, uh, you could just see that it was just stuck, and and he could not get over it. Um, and it, it just it just ex- elevated. It elevated during the, every other contest that you know he just could not get it right, and and overthinking that he's going to drop the ball. So I mean, we'll see what happens in Atlanta. I'm not expecting a whole heck of a lot. Um, but I'm just saying, he's still young. What is he, 24, 25 years old? Um, give him a shot. Maybe if he plays with a guy like Julio Jones, maybe Julio shows him the ropes and 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 manages to improve his game. Uh, let's see what happens. But this is one guy that I'm I'm not giving up on just yet. I mean, a lot of people can say I'm crazy, and that's fine. Um, but I'm definitely not going to give up on Treadwell at this point. I think going to a team like Atlanta, playing with Julio, is 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 a, is a great positive for a youngster who's trying to rebuild his career. Um, before they kick him out of the league for lack of production, obviously. So so keeping with who's on the board offensively, before we get into the defensive side, Jameis Winston still remains on the open market uh, for the quarterback position. We still have Kenyon Drake on that transition, transition tag, waiting for that to get signed. Uh, Devontae Freeman is on the open market. Deion Lewis, Chris Thompson, Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller, those ones hit the running backs. The biggest note for the wide receivers is what is going on with Robbie Anderson. Nobody has been even appearing to sniff in his direction. His market has been dreadfully silent. 26 years old, but we did mention it on the last show. He still is not that receiver that everyone believes. Uh, I believe Robbie believes he is, uh, if that made any sense. I mean, I think Robbie, to reword that, Robbie thinks that he is an elite talent but hasn't proven it on the field. Um, Not having a 1,000-yard season is definitely hurting his stock. The amount of money he's trying to obtain is definitely hurting his stock. Teams aren't willing to overpay for a receiver that you can still say that Robbie Anderson is unproven. Um, He has had great flash. There's no kidding, no questioning that. But when it comes to putting it all together consistently, I mean, it just hasn't been there. Brashard Perryman is on the board still. I mean, he's going to keep pushing for big dollars. Demarcus Robinson, Rashard Higgins, Devin Funches, uh, Geronimo Allison, they all remain on the board. Taylor Gabriel is a decent one for a slot position. Philip Dorsett, Josh Gordon, he should start getting uh, some some looks come uh, later on in, in free agency, perhaps after the draft, since the NFL will no longer be testing for marijuana. So, I mean... There are some players still on the board offensively. Uh, Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, uh, Delaney Walker, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. He was just recently not uh, given the RFA with the Browns. So, I mean, there's guys that you can still say have potential um, to, to make NFL teams. I mean, they're not completely washed. But the Robbie Anderson thing is definitely the biggest one, the biggest surprise right now. I would have assumed that his camp – uh, would have co- at least come together and said, you know what, let's let's take less dollars on a shorter term deal. I mean, go for a one year contract at at something like six million dollars. I mean, that'll keep you on, and and you can prove it. Play with a quarterback uh, that can actually get you the ball and, and show the NFL what you can do. So offensively, I mean, that's the biggest one that still remains on the 
board. Still, the biggest question is is how come, and I think it is uh, uh, lack of productivity overall and, and the dollars that he's wanting. So let's jump to the defensive side, and, and let's uh, start dissecting what's happened on the defensive side. When we come to edge rushers, Eric Armstead re-signs a five-year, $85 million with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this was obviously predicated on the fact that they were trading away um, their other defensive linemen that went to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, it's it's a good signing for me. I like Armstead. I think he's got a lot of skill. I mean, you could not re-sign everybody. Uh, this was the thing. Uh, so giving him a five-year, $85 million contract at 26 years old, I like it. I think it's a very sound deal. Keeps him with Bosa, keeps him with Ford. They're still going to be very dominant on that front line. So uh, you, you really can't say anything negative. The dollars are very large. Um, they're going to have to pay Bosa by the time this contract is is nearing its expiration. I believe it'll be in the third year. So the Niners will have to play with their books. But uh, for for the recent future, for what they're going to do on the defensive side, this is a no-brainer for me. So kicking it to some players that have the franchise tag, Yannick Ngakwe. He was franchise tagged by the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one looks like it still could be a tag-and-trade event um he does not want to remain in jacksonville so stay tuned for that shaq barnett he's franchise tagged back with the tampa bay buccaneers uh bud dupree and matt judon they both got franchise tagged dupree with the steelers and judon with the ravens still keep your eye on judon as well he has been rumored to be tagged and traded as well so other players of note that did get contracts on the edge rushing uh, ability is dante fowler he signs a three-year deal with the atlanta falcons on a big money deal this one is interesting to me. Uh, we obviously knew that the Falcons require a whole heck of a lot of help on that defensive line, and and this could help. I I am a Fowler supporter, but I am not overly convinced that he can carry the load. Uh, playing with the LA Rams last year, he did see 11 and a half sacks, but I mean, what is that really playing with an elite defensive line? Uh, playing with Aaron Donald, um, uh, this one will. I think this one will disappoint, especially for the money that he received. Um, I believe it was in the realm of like forty-five million dollars, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been a little bit more than that. Um, so, so for the money, I don't like it. Uh, for what Fowler is, I think it is a is a good improvement on that defensive line. Fowler still is only twenty-five years old. Um, so he has a whole heck of a lot in the tank. He's learned a lot from playing with Aaron Donald and those elite pass rushers on that team. So I don't hate it, but I mean, I wish the money would have been a little bit less. Uh, the Falcons are are also a team in cap trouble uh, and not showing it in the win column. So uh, I still I, I'm I'm comfortable with the sign. I think it's a it's a much needed. Uh, talent and player added to the group so it's a good one Kyle Van Noy was the next one on the board he leaves uh, the New England Patriots and signs a four-year 51 million dollar deal with the Miami Dolphins he gets to reunite with his former defensive uh, coordinator Brian Flores Uh, I I like Kyle Van Noy I think he's a very underrated sound linebacker in the NFL he will help Miami in the transition of how they uh, plan to rebuild they've been signing and throwing money around for that defense and, and Van Noy is just a sound playmaker. I mean, he's not flashy. He's not going to give you the, the 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 salt and pepper every week. But he's he's a great great signing. Robert Quinn. This one interested me as well. So it was it was a, a series of events that had happened. Uh, we saw Lloyd get released. Leonard Floyd, excuse me. He got he got released by the Bears. And subsequently, the Bears, or was it the other way around? Robert Quinn got signed by the Bears to this five-year, $70 million deal, and then they released Leonard Floyd. This one's such a head-scratcher for me because, okay, is Robert Quinn uh, the elite pass rusher? It's debatable. I, I like Robert Quinn, um, but, I mean, playing with the Cowboys, he looked extremely good. Uh, Quinn playing with Khalil Mack. I mean, yes, this could look extremely good. Um, but for 70 million over five, 
uh, and letting go of Leonard Floyd, who I think at 27 years old is one of the up-and-comers. I mean, yes, he's been dealing with injuries the past two years. Uh, A lot of people don't like his game anymore. I still think Floyd is a beast, and he will be a beast. You put him – so that was the other thing. So Floyd got released, and then he latched on with the L.A. Rams uh, on a one-year contract. So are we going to see almost a similarity when it was what uh, Dante Fowler had with the Rams? Are we going to see the same type of productivity from Leonard Floyd? I could see it. I mean, could you see 10-plus sacks coming from Floyd? I could. Um, uh, He has every intangible ability to get to the quarterback, and now he's going to have a line that is going to uh, take double teams. I mean, Khalil Mack, okay, everyone made the argument. Well, he had Khalil Mack. He still couldn't produce. Um, Even Khalil Mack had a down year. He only had eight and a half sacks last season for the Bears. So, I mean, don't give me that type of uh, 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 comparison when we're discussing how good or how bad Leonard Floyd is. I think he's a great talent. He's going to be showing a lot of flash uh, playing with the with the Rams. I think it's a great one. When it comes to Robert Quinn signing this massive deal with the Bears, I think this one might hurt him. Uh, Quinn is already 29 years old. I mean, how much are you going to get out of this guy uh, for the remainder of his career? It's to be seen. Um, so I, I'm a little bit iffy on this. I mean, it's just simply because of the dollars. If the money was less, uh, I might be able to get on board. But, I mean, overall, it wasn't the best. Shaq Lawson signs a three-year deal with Miami. Uh, he didn't really pan out with the Buffalo Bills. Um, so the Bills let him walk. He goes and signs with division uh, rival Miami Dolphins. We'll see. Uh, I liked Shaq Lawson coming out of college, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Jason Pierre-Paul, he re-signs two-year deal, $25 million, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that defensive line was just killer last year, so bringing uh, Pierre-Paul back is a no-brainer in my eyes. Mario Addison, 32 years old, former Carolina Panthers, signs a three-year $30.4 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. Can we start calling them the the Buffalo Panthers? Because, I mean, the amount of former Carolina Panthers that they are signing on this team is staggering. Uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott obviously have the ties going back to the Panthers when they were there themselves. And now they realize. I mean, I, so here's a formula that I see what the Bills are doing um, it, it, with, this, with this roster and bringing all these Panthers over is that they know these guys. They know exactly what they can do. And that, to me, gives me a, a warm feeling if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, which I am. Uh, you, you, you know how to utilize their skills and their talents because you are uh, extremely wise to what they do very well. So Addison signs a deal. I think this is a, is a great signing to help Jerry Hughes uh, get after the quarterback and start actually getting uh, back to that 40, 45, potentially 50 sacks on the season like the days of old with uh, Mario Williams and company. So I like the way the Bills are doing and adding players. Uh, in terms of other notable names that were signed for edge rushing presence, Carl Nassib signs a three-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. I like this move. It's a, it's a very, uh, very strong move to help the defensive line. Emmanuel Ogba, he signs a two-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. This is more depth to me. I think he is a talented edge rusher. He will not be a every-down player, but, I mean, he's great in the rotation, can give you fresh legs. I really don't hate that whatsoever. Quinton Jefferson, 26 years old, he latches on again or with the Buffalo Bills uh, on a two-year deal. So Buffalo, again, adding more rushing presence to this defensive line, which is starting to look like an animal at this point. Jefferson comes over from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Bruce Irving, he signs again with the Seattle Seahawks uh, on a low-rent deal. Don't hate that whatsoever. He's a good depth player. Kyler Fackrell, he signs on with the New York Giants on a 4.61 year contract. He used, he played last season with the Green Bay Packers. I, I like his game too. I don't hate it whatsoever. Um, um, but let's move into the interior defensive line. Chris Jones, he was franchise tagged by the Kansas City Chiefs. We were curious to see how Kansas City was going to handle this one I mean you, you could you really let Chris Jones walk uh, uh, it was it was clear that they they wouldn't let him walk but I mean uh, the conversation was there he was going to Uh, attempt to get top dollar Um, this was the best move Chris Jones is only 25 years old he is a beast on that defensive line and they needed to keep him and they do that uh, via the free uh, franchise tag 
So moving right along, Javon Hargrave, he latches on with the Philadelphia Eagles on a three or $39 million deal. Man, are the Eagles just building a wall on that defensive line. Hargrave comes in and he is going to help that run stuffing unit wholeheartedly. I mean, this sign just screams try and run against this team. Uh, Hargrave brings a, a lot of power to this defensive line playing with Fre- uh, Fletcher Cox and company. I really like that sign for the Eagles. Michael Brockers, he signs a three-year, $30 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. This was massive, wasn't it? I mean, the Ravens clearly realize what it takes to get to the next level, and they lost to Derrick Henry and his rushing ability. They don't plan to do that again next year, do they? They are just loading up on defensive uh, defensive line talent, and it started with Michael Brockers pilfering him from the L.A. Rams on a, on a reasonable three-year, $30 million deal. Yes, Brockers is 29 years old. He is in, in that upper age, uh, so a three-year deal is not a, a, a bad contract by any stretch of the imagination, and, and he will slot in perfectly on this defense, which was extremely sound and strong last season. DJ Reader, we spoke about him before, uh, especially in our articles for the Houston Texans, uh, the offseason workbook. We really didn't think that they would be able to keep Reader as he was looking for big dollars, and he did get signed. He was This contract was over $40 million. He goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. It was a four-year deal, and he's only 25 years old. This man is, is not the flash in the pants. A lot of people don't know who DJ Reader is. He is a very strong interior lineman. Um, he will help the Cincinnati Bengals in their progression on this roster rebuild. He will help them undoubtedly. He is he is very very talented, uh, especially in the run game. He will he will cause a lot of havoc in that uh, for that line. Leonard Williams he was franchise tagged by the New York Giants. He comes back. I mean. The productivity has been the question for Leonard Williams since entering the NFL. I mean, that's that's been the case. So, I mean, for the Giants, this, this one was very interesting. I thought perhaps they would try to lock up uh, Williams to a longer-term deal. But, I mean, this makes sense. I mean, you pay him the, the, the top, what, five average on the tag and, and, and make him prove it. I mean, make him prove that he is worth the money that he is. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that comes to play. Uh, Gerald McCoy, he signs a three-year deal, $18.3 million with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, McCoy is one of these players that I just can't understand how he is so disrespected in the NFL. All he does is produce. Um, I, I, he's been jumping around team to team lately, and I just, I'm just i very shocked. But, I mean, again, here's, a, here's another lower-rent deal for a player of his stature. I mean, yes, he is 32 years old. The talent could start to be dropping off, but Gerald McCoy, in my books, is still top-notch. I think he will, he will make this Dallas defense that much better. Um, he is a very, very good player. I like this sign a lot. Jaron Reed re-signs two-year deal, $23 million with the Seahawks. We saw this one coming. Uh, uh, there was no way that the Hawks were going to allow Reed to walk out on the open market. No way in hell. Uh, Malik Collins signs a one-year deal with the Raiders coming from the Cowboys. I, I'm up in the air with this. I mean, yes, Collins is 24 years old. Um, he is. The Raiders are making some sound moves on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you, you can't hate what they're doing. Collins is a great talent. Uh, that will help. He's not elite in my books just yet, but I but I think he will help that defensive line. It's going to be very good. Uh, Linval Joseph, he was released by the Minnesota Vikings, and he signs on with the L.A. Chargers on a two-year $17 million deal. This was the primary need on the defense for the Chargers without question. They lacked uh, defensive rush support. Um, and Joseph is one of those players that can slot in right in from day one and help the cause. So I like that move a lot. Ashawn Robinson, 24 years old, he signs on with the LA Rams. So this is another one that I really like. Ashawn Robinson coming from the Detroit Lions, I believe. He he was and is that huge stout presence in the middle and and putting Leonard Floyd on that other side. The Rams basically, in my opinion, uh recreated what they had on that defensive line even with losing uh, Fowler and losing Brockers. I think you bring in Ashawn Robinson and you bring in Leonard Floyd and you have a cheaper uh, which could be a cheaper product uh, which could be 
significantly the same in production. I, I really like how the Ray, uh, the Rams really, uh, uh, I don't want to say improved. Improved is the wrong word. I think they stayed status quo. I think that's the best way to put this. I mean, could they see a little bit of drop-off in productivity? It's possible. But for the cost that they paid these players to come and replace the talent that left the building, I love it. I think it was an absolute slam dunk in my books. Uh, Andrew Billings, he signs a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. Again, we see the Browns. They keep on adding talent to the defense. I like it. I like a lot of the moves that the Browns have made. They've added to the offensive line. They're adding to the defensive side. They still need a lot of work to become extremely competitive, but Billings is one of those players that can help them get over the top. Vernon Butler, another Carolina Panther. This guy, 25 years old, he has taken his talents to the Buffalo Bills. I love this signing. Vernon Butler uh, is is a great talent, and and you line him up uh, with Jerry Hughes now, Mario Addison, and the other players they have on that defensive front. Man, this Bills team, this Bills defense was ranked third in 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 I believe what was it passing? They were top ten all over the place. This defensive front is going to make life easy for the secondary in Buffalo. I really like the sign a lot. Outside of that, we don't have a lot of big names that have signed contracts from interior linemen, but we do have some that still sit on the open market, and one name that we see is Indomitian Sue. I get it, 33 years old. He was playing uh, a lesser of a role, but he was very stout with the Buccaneers last year. I mean, he was a catalyst in, in making that defensive line rush defense uh, what it was. So we we look at it this again. He, he did the same thing in past years where he is playing on one-year contracts on max dollars that he can achieve, and I think that'll be, again, the case. Derek Wolf, 30 years old, former Bronco, he is on the open market still. I think he has a market to come. Um, he is a very talented player. He's not overly uh, uh, exciting, but he I believe he did have his best uh, year on record last season and should uh, uh, I think his he believed his market was going to be better for what he produced last season um, I, I, I think he will latch on a little bit later I mean in the second or third wave of the open market but he could last until after the draft uh, Don Terry Poe is another player who it's his price tag I mean everyone likes what he can bring to the table but Poe's price tag is Obviously too vast for a lot of uh, uh, teams to to uh, covet at this point. So let's move to the linebackers. So Corey Littleton, he signs a three-year, $35.25 million deal with the Raiders as well. This is another deal the Raiders, uh, uh, they're just making. Corey Littleton, he... He was, I believe he was undrafted, so this makes this even more of a, a, a great story. A three-year, $35 million contract, I mean, I believe that he's worth that money. That, that money is not out of the question. Uh, he's got talent, he's a tackling machine, and he is definitely going to improve this Raiders uh, linebacking core and defense from day one. Joe Schubert, he signs on with the Jaguars, uh, five years, $53 million dollars. Uh, former Cleveland Browns, so I didn't understand this. The Browns let him go, and then the Browns made moves of their own uh, to replace the linebackers. Um, I mean, you let Christian Kirksey go. Now you let Schubert go. Schubert signs on with the Jaguars. I couldn't understand why uh, the Browns wouldn't pony up the dough for, for Schubert. He, he is a good talent. Vic Beasley, he goes on a one-year deal to Tennessee. I like this contract a lot. This is a proven deal for Beasley. Um, in my my opinion, the, the the strength of the Titans on that defense just got even better. I mean, that defensive line, if, if Beasley can't manage high productivity um, playing on this Tennessee Titans defensive line, I mean, then the question is, is he really that good? Um, I like it a lot. Blake Martinez signs on with the New York Giants. A lot of people are uneven about this. I'm a, kind of in that same group. I like Blake Martinez, but am I do I like him enough to pay him three uh, on a three year deal for thirty point seven five million? I I gotta say no. I mean it's a it's a huge deal for for a guy who is predominantly a a tackler run stuffer. He doesn't give you a whole heck of a lot in in pass support. I mean, but he is uh, he's a he's a he's a good player. Uh, just not not for my uh, appetite at three years for thirty million dollars. Uh, Devon Kenyard signs a three-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. That's uh, that's an okay deal. I mean, they need help all over the all over the place. So so we'll see how that one uh, pans out for the Cardinals. Nick uh, 
Kowalski, he signs a three-year $21 million deal with the Raiders. Uh, again, that's another sound move for Oakland. They had extreme need at the linebacker position, and they they shored that up with uh, with uh, Schubert as well. So I really like that those two contracts. Jamie Collins, he signed a three-year $30 million deal with the Detroit Lions. I like this move a lot. Okay, so Matt Patricia is trying his best to recreate the Patriots uh, roster uh, with former Patriots. And Collins is obviously one of those as well. Uh, Collins, he knows Collins. I think this is kind of the formula. If you know what the player is good at, you're going to bring him aboard. Uh, Collins knows Patricia. Patricia knows Collins. So uh, I like the deal. I mean, this doesn't put out of the question that uh, the Lions could draft the best uh, linebacker in the NFL draft in that Isaiah Simmons. Uh, but this is definitely a huge step in the right direction. We mentioned Christian Kirksey's name. He signed a two-year $13 million deal with the Green Bay Packers. Am I ecstatic about this deal? You have no idea. Christian Kirksey is super underrated in the league. He is an extremely talented linebacker that people should really keep their eye on. Now playing with the Smith brothers, obviously no relation. Uh, this linebacking core is is tops in my eyes as one of the better units in the NFL. And they replace Blake Martinez with a cheaper deal with perhaps a more talented athletic uh, linebacker. Danny Trevathan, next one on the board. He resigns with the Chicago Bears. This was a great sign for the Bears. They needed to keep him on board. Uh, his contract was three or $21 million. So I don't hate the deal. Trevathan, this should be his last kick at the can for getting big dollars. He is 29 years old, but the Bears desperately need to keep him on board. AJ Klein, another former Carolina Panther. He signs a three-year $18 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. Are we surprised? I don't hate this deal. I mean, Klein, he, he can be viewed as a very sound talent. Um, I wanted to see somebody like Kirksey go to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but, hey, they settle for A.J. Klein, so you can't hate on it. It's not overly exciting, um, but Klein has ability to to keep the defense uh, chugging along. Thomas Davis, old man Davis, he's 36 years old. He signs with the Washington Redskins, uh, going back with his uh, former Carolina Panthers head coach, uh, Ron Rivera. So, I mean, that was obvious just to hopefully get him around for one more year and bring some leadership to the team. Sean Lee, he re-signs a one-year four. $4.5 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not overly excited about this one. I mean, Sean Lee has had his injury history, so um, what can we really expect from Lee at this point? I don't know. Um, uh, he did play fairly well um, last season, and obviously the injuries to uh, Vander Esch, uh, you needed to have some some reliable depth on the team and that's what Sean Lee will definitely be some notable names still on the open market Nigel Bradham former Eagle and Buffalo Bill Michael Kendricks Alec Ogletree this one is an interesting one to me I thought his market would have been a lot higher than what it was perhaps uh, the dollar figure that he's looking for isn't uh, acceptable and he is willing to wait it out Tahar Whitehead another player who could stay on the open market for a lot longer than he anticipates but he is a talented guy who can add more uh, to any defense. Mark Barron, Wesley Woodyard, obviously players who have talent as well. Woodyard is obviously aging, and that shows why he has not re-signed. So let's jump to the defensive backs. Byron Jones, he was the big money getter, signed a five-year, $82.5 million deal on day one with the Miami Dolphins. Here we go again. We see Miami spending huge money on the uh, free agent period and and we gotta just you know question you know is this the type of defensive back that you really want to pay this amount of money to i mean jones sure i mean he's he's only 27 years old he's still a youthful talent he showed extremely well with the cowboys and I do like the the potential tandem forming with Xavier Howard uh, uh, with Jones. I think they could be absolutely shut down, uh, but the $82.5 million is mammoth behemoth. I don't like that deal uh, in terms of money. But, I mean, the, the Finns, they have money to spend. So, I mean, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a huge expense. James Bradbury signs a three-year 43.5 deal with the Giants. 
Here's another guy. I mean, I'm not overly convinced in Bradbury's abilities. Uh, I really don't see what a lot of uh, uh, evaluators are talking about. I mean, he's an above-average corner in my eyes, and I think he scored big on the open market. The Giants, uh, in my opinion, will will learn to regret that contract. Chris Harris was a big name on the board. He was being coveted by a lot of teams, uh, including my Buffalo Bills. They did not get him. He signs on with the L.A. Chargers, stays in the AFC West on a two-year, $17 million deal. How can you not like this uh, uh, defensive secondary in L.A. at this point? I mean, you got Derwin James, you got Casey Hayward, you got King, and now you're adding Harris to the to the mix. I mean, this is just fabulous. Any team that tries to throw on the on the Chargers are going to struggle week in, week out. If they can add more edge-rushing presence, you're going to see a, a, a defense notably improving. Trey Waynes, he signs on. Former Viking signs on a three-year contract, $42 million with the Bengals. Uh, and then his former teammate with the Vikings, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, he signs a one-year deal with the Bengals. Uh, I, I don't hate this at all. I mean, everything that I am seeing the Cincinnati Bengals do uh, via the free agent market is showing a commitment to get better. Um, is Trey Waynes and Alexander uh, upper echelon defensive backs who are going to make that big of a difference on the defense? Maybe not. Um, but I really like how this team is coming together. I think Waynes is underrated personally. I think he's got a lot of ability. Um, he does tell a lot on his game that he is open to get cooked, um, but I really like him, like his game a lot. I think it's a great sign. Dequiz Dennard, he goes from the Bengals to the Jaguars. So after Alexander and Waynes got signed, Dennard was obviously one of those players that would not return. Bradley Roby, he re-signs on a three-year deal with the Houston Texans. I found that a little bit uh, interesting. Um, uh, Roby's not a terrible player, but I mean, he could he didn't play as uh, as good as a lot of people would have thought last year with the Texans. But the, but the Texans clearly have defensive back troubles, uh, and they needed to bring back someone. Desmond Trufant he got released by the Falcons, and he signed a two year deal with the Detroit Lions, which subsequently allowed the Lions to move on from Darius Slay. Um, Trade off, sure. Uh, is Slay better than Trufant? Sure. Um, um, but at least they got a player like Trufant back uh, to not necessarily lose all the productivity. Kendall Fuller, formerly of the Kansas City Super Bowl champion Chiefs, he signs on a four-year deal with the Washington Redskins. This is huge, I think, bigger for the Chiefs than it is for the Redskins. The Skins needed help, but, I mean, the Chiefs are just being decimated uh, uh, with players leaving. Um, they're going to have to do a lot of work to rebuild that defensive backfield um Kendall Fuller his issue has been and and hopefully will not always be but it has been the lack of productivity when it comes to interceptions he's always there around the ball um but it seems to just bounce off his hand like it's like it's hitting a brick wall so uh I still like the deal Kendall Fuller he's a good player he's very sound he doesn't get beat all the time his coverage is very very soft and sound so I like it Josh Norman he signs with the Buffalo Bills again another former Panther I like this deal a lot only because he won't be relied upon to be a top corner Trey White will take on a lot of the responsibilities on this defensive backfield and and Josh Norman he will be uh, perhaps in the nickel slot or he will take on the secondary duties I don't hate that deal whatsoever Eli Apple he signs on with the Vegas Raiders I mean this is uh, nothing really to get overly excited about I believe Apple's uh, tape has shown that he is not a, a, a true outside defensive back perhaps they should kick him inside and maybe his production could increase uh, Vernon Hargraves he resigns on a one-year deal with the Houston Texans I find this to be absolutely astonishing that his market was not bigger this kid is only 24 years old he has athletic ability coming out the wazoo and nobody was willing to offer him more than a one-year contract that the houston texans gave him i mean come on are you kidding me i was hoping that to see him get at least another shot to be second fiddle uh on another team with a sound uh, defensive back uh, elite number one Hargraves is a good player, man, and when you saw him come out over last year from the Buccaneers to the Texans, you saw his play increase. I mean, go back. If you didn't see it, go back and see what he was able to do because his play was definitely increasing when he went to the Houston Texans. 
I mean, as for that, I mean, you have incremental signings uh, that are more depth related. But when it comes to guys still on the open market, Logan Ryan, he still remains. Nikel Roby Coleman, he's still on the market. Jimmy Smith, uh, okay, say what you want. Uh, Talib, I don't think we're going to see him go anywhere. Uh, Ronald Darby, 26, he should fetch dollars, but I think he's trying to get more uh, money than he deserves, especially with his injury history. Xavier Rhodes, here's another guy. I mean, he came, I, like I, I mentioned this before, I have never seen a player of his caliber take such a nosedive in a career so fast. Two years ago, he was locking down players like Julio Jones uh, consistently. And, and his play just leveled off. I really uh, wouldn't hate to see a team take a shot on him because I still believe he has ability. Um, he he just needs a change, a change of scenery um, to get his career back in the in the mix. Prince of Mukamura is another player. I mean, I'm I'm off his game. I think he is what he is. I mean, he tried to be uh, to follow up his first round uh, pick status. Uh, he just, in my eyes, he never materialized into being that elite shutdown corner uh, the Giants had thought he was going to be. So when we go to the safeties, let's jump to the safeties. Last uh, big board uh, jump, Justin Simmons, he got franchise tagged by the Denver Broncos. I mean, this was the only move. Simmons was on the market. His market value was skyrocketing to something around 12 to $15 million per year. There's no way in heck that we would see the Broncos pay that type of dollar. Jimmy Ward, he recently signs with the 49ers on a three-year $25 million or $28.5 million deal. I like this deal. I like it a lot. I mean, Ward, I was criticized for back in Ward the previous season, and and uh, uh, now he gets rewarded with his own big money deal. I like him a lot on that defense. Anthony Harris, he gets franchise tagged by the Vikings. Uh, this is another player who had uh, a career-high season last year, and this could be definitely a tag-and-trade uh, operation for the Vikings. Uh, Devin McCourty, he resigns two years, $23 million deal with the, the New England Patriots. They're trying to keep that defense somewhat intact as much as they can, especially on the back end. Malcolm Jenkins goes back to where it all started with the New Orleans Saints, like we mentioned on the last show. He signs after being released. That's a huge deal. Haha, ha, Clinton Dix, we already discussed him. Eric Murphy signs a three-year deal with Houston. This one's okay. I mean, it's under the radar, but I like it. I think he adds a lot of depth that they need. Randy, Randy, uh, Rodney, excuse me, McLeod, he resigns with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, this is a no-brainer in my eyes. They had to keep at least one of them. They let Jenkins walk to, to New Orleans, so they needed some help on that back end. McLeod, he has dealt with injuries of his own, uh, but he is a very sound uh, safety at 29 years old. I don't hate the deal whatsoever. Carl Joseph, he's 26, and he signs a one-year $2.5 million deal with the Browns. What is going on with the market for Carl Joseph? What do people see that I don't see? All I see is an elite talent. That's what I see whenever I turn on his tape. He is an animal. He's all over the field. He makes tackles. He doesn't shy away from coverage. I mean, what is it that I, I, I'm not seeing that others are, are, are believing that he is not uh, to be paid like a top safety in the NFL because this is ludicrous to me. I think the Cleveland Browns stole Carl Joseph, and this secondary is one to watch uh, if you're a Browns fan. Trey Boston, he re-signs three years, $18 million with the Panthers. Finally, Trey Boston gets some respect. He gets $18 bucks. That's a big one. Jeff Heath, former Dallas Cowboy, he signs a two-year $6 million deal with the Raiders. Here we go again. The Raiders continue to stockpile talent to improve the defense. But when you're talking about the Raiders giving up on Carl Joseph to sign Heath to more money, I mean, this is my head scratcher. I just don't understand it. It's not that Heath is a bad player. I think Carl Joseph is light years ahead of Heath, in my opinion. I mean, argue me if you want. I might, If you want to say I'm wrong, that's cool. I'm okay with that. But I think Carl Joseph is uh, the, the better talent uh, at this point. Uh, when it comes to other signings for safeties, I mean, again, a lot of depth signings. There isn't many others that are going to rock your boat when it comes to uh, game-changing talent. Uh, at this point, some notable names. Tony Jefferson still remains on the open market from the Baltimore Ravens. He was uh, coming off an injury, I believe. So, I mean, his market has been quiet due to health concerns, I would assume. 
uh, Demarius Randall, former Cleveland Brown. I, I, I see his market being very cold as well. Uh, he's nothing overly spectacular. I think he would be uh, a very, very good depth signing uh, just to cover off injuries. Von Bell, 25 years old. This one, uh, we might see this one carry on former Saint. Um, perhaps he goes back to New Orleans on a lower rent one-year deal as well just to stay with the team. But it looks like the Saints are locking up safeties all over the place to uh, uh, make Bell expendable. And he he's coveting huge dollars as, as he his play definitely dictated terms with New Orleans and still at the age of 25. We should see his, his value decrease a little bit and then he'll latch on with some team. But I, I can't foresee it going for anything more than a one-year deal because he's not going to want to sign uh, for a lot less. Rashad Jones, former Dolphin. Excuse me, 32 years old. Um, again, he's one of these guys that I'm not overly excited about. I think a lot of a lot of people value Jones a lot higher than I do. He's got talent, but I wouldn't overpay for what he is. Eric Reed is another player. He was released. Uh, now he resides on the open market. I believe he will be scooped up by somebody at some point. Uh, he's got he's got enough talent uh, to warrant another uh, contract. Kamal Ishmael, former Falcon. This is a guy to watch. He is a phenomenal depth signing. He is something of a hybrid. He can play uh, kind of in the nickel safety spot. I like his game a lot. Uh, perhaps we see him uh, go back to uh, the Atlanta Falcons. But again, like I said, the rest of the, on the open market, um, we still have names like Jadavian Clowney. Jadavion Clowney still is unsigned. I think that's uh, one of the biggest stories on the defensive side is he was expecting a, a lot more money uh, than what teams are offering. Um, I really think that he's going to struggle to find it. He may go back to the Seattle Seahawks um, on on maybe, what, a 16-and-a-half one-year deal. Uh, his market, I it, it pains him to not uh, sign a low rent deal at this point, lower rent deal than he he's expecting. Simply because, I mean, what's what's the rush at this point? With each every day, uh, your value is not decreasing. Um, it's possible we see Clowney sit until uh, the conclusion of the NFL draft to see where the team needs are the greatest uh, to increase his leverage to gain that the years and the dollars, but. Uh, again, Clowney is the biggest surprise. I think uh, I'm not surprised that teams aren't willing to offer up that type of uh, money for a player who has his injury history, which is extremely drastic, and and the productivity hasn't always been there. I mean, even last year we didn't see it uh, fly off the paper. I mean, he was doing a lot of good things in Seattle, um, but when you're talking 20 million plus for a guy of this caliber, uh, it's a little bit iffy for me, but. Free agent frenzy is kind of slowing down. We do expect the the second and third waves to uh, continue until we get to the NFL draft. Um, it has been exciting so far, but this is the part two uh, conclusion of free agent frenzy. We will be back, obviously, discussing the remaining signings as they go, uh, discussing more maybe fantasy football. And of course, we will be discussing the NFL draft. So we'll start jumping into the rookies, the rookie class and see what they have to offer. We've been dissecting tape and and, and I mean, uh, uh, we, we like a lot of what we see from this young rookie class that is coming aboard in 2020. Uh, uh, the NFL has already stated that they will not do the NFL draft in Vegas this year simply because of the COVID-19 uh, coronavirus, uh, keeping away from social distancing and, and so on. Uh, so we should see the first uh, digital draft that we, uh, I mean, going back to the roots uh, back in the day where, where you would see uh, somebody call out the picks uh, as they go and potentially however they're gonna they pan to the to the rookie in their home or whatnot so so this will be a very interesting draft it's not going to be like we're all used to seeing the rookies walk on stage but hey you know what at least the draft will go forward so that's something else to get excited about so so, I mean, on that note, you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. The show is available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbeam, and wherever you get your shows. So, like always, we always appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out. I'm out.